uh, comes from Luke chapter 11, uh, verses 24 through 26. We're going to read this in the... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, this is actually... I forgot to change the, the scripture there. It's actually Matthew chapter 6. Um, and it is going to be... Oh, it's wrong there too. <laughs> this is Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 uh, through 14. So again, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 14. So we're going to read this in the ESV, and uh, once you're ready to read the scripture together, if you could please uh, stand as able for the reading of God's word. So again, it's Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 14. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. All right, friends. Well, today's message is called Forgive to live, and I just want to remind people uh, where we've been uh, over the past few weeks, and especially last week, uh, we were mentioning these two kind of uh, metaphors. One is, um, well, it, it's symbolized through this verse: uh, nothing is covered up that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. And so we've been talking about uh, the idea that there are things that have been planted in our lives, uh, issues, and different things, and. You know, you might try to cover them up or act like they're not there, but they will emerge at some point, right? So, for example, if you have hurt in your life that has not been dealt with, uh, it's going to come out at some point. There's nothing that is covered up that won't be revealed. And so we are talking about kind of uh, the deep things, right? How do we grow in Christ? How do we go deeper? But also, is, are there some things, some issues in our lives that are preventing the Holy Spirit, from having free reign in our hearts and our souls that maybe just they're hidden, right? Or they just have become embedded over time. And so we also use this metaphor of the iceberg principle. And it's this idea that when you see an iceberg uh, and you see the surface of it, that's only about 10% of the iceberg. 90% of it is hidden beneath the surface. It's in the water, Right, And so there's all of these things that people don't see, that often we may not see if we're not really aware. And a lot of those things, they're uncomfortable. Right? We don't want people to see them. We don't want to deal with them. But they need to get dealt with. And so what we want to continually do, right? and so it seems like we're hitting on similar things because we realize that just talking about these things isn't enough. Just hearing like, hey, you know what? You should be healed, right? You should let the Holy Spirit have free reign in your life. Is that enough for that to happen? To just, you know, on on some level, just intellectually say like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I would like that. Well, it seems as if when Jesus is talking about growth in our lives, that what's preventing that is like all of this stuff, like like he calls them thorns and, and rocks and different things that are clogging the soil and preventing the word of God from going really, really deep. And being able to, to just stay there and then bear fruit uh, in the right time. And so we want to figure out, how do you get rid of the rocks, right? How do you get rid of the thorns? And so we go to the Lord's Prayer, which we just read. Um, and it's a prayer that we all know, right? 
And a lot of it is about the kingdom of God. It is about really praying for God's kingdom to come, for God's will to be done. And by the way, the context of this is not trying to manipulate people, <laughs> right? Not just trying to pray like when other people are around and make yourself like look really holy, right? You're not trying to use prayer for something, but Jesus says, go in secret. And in secret, you are asking for God to make things happen in his own time. It's not about you trying to make it happen. But that's what most of us, we we really struggle at that, right? We don't want God's kingdom to come. We want our kingdom to come. We don't want God's will to be done. We want our will to be done. We want this world to happen and to be exactly like we want it to be. That's why we get so mad. That's why we get so frustrated. Because for me, I mean... All the time, right? I'm in traffic, and, you know, if people are not going the exact speed I want them to go, yo, <laughs> there's going to be the wrath of Steve, at least in my car, right? I try not to act on it too much, right? But I get really upset. If you're going too fast or you're going too slow, you're not in that perfect pocket that Steve Kong wants you to drive, right? Then I'm like, oh, right? What is that? Is that really, you know, God's will being done? Or is that me really wanting my will be done, right? If people don't act exactly the way you want them to, right? If people at your work are maybe a little too aggressive or a little too passive, or they're a little too loud or they're a little too soft, right? You need them to be in that nice kind of uh, Goldilocks range, right? You want them to be exactly the way you want them to be. So again, Do we want God's kingdom to come? Do we want God's will to be done? Or do we want our will to be done? And so you see, right? Jesus is like, this is how corrupt we are. We will take religion. We will take a prayer. And we will use it to manipulate people. And so he says, hey, we want none of that. So you go in secret where no one else can see you. And you pray. And you pray for God to be God and for you not to be for God's kingdom to come, and for your kingdom to go, right? You don't get to reign and rule. You pray for God's will to be done, right? And then there are all these things that are outside of our control that we always try to control, and Jesus is like, we got to give this up, right? And so you see, right? I mean, for example, this whole idea, um, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, So again, these are things that seem entirely out of our control. Evil, like all of the terrible things that happen out there in the world, to say, Lord, you deliver us from evil. I I know this is so hard. I know in this day and age, we're always like, fight for justice and fight the power and all this kind of stuff. And really, when we look at it so many times, I really think there are times where we are trying to play God. We think we know better. right? We think we wouldn't know what justice looks like. We think we know... What, how the world should be, if we could make it in our image, right? I'm not saying that working for justice is bad, but I'm just saying that when it comes to human beings, our idea of justice may not be God's idea of justice. And so we say, God, you deliver us from evil, right? Lead us not into temptation, because we realize sometimes we get into temptation, there are things that we're going to do and we're not going to be in control of, Right? We like to think that we're always under control, right? We've got all this great willpower, but we don't. We talked about that last week with the idea of spirits, 
right? Other spirits that lead us, the spirit of anger, spirit of rage, a spirit of fear, all of these things that grip us. And we say, Lord, lead us not into temptation. We're just not that strong, right? We don't have that much willpower. We need your help, right? And then to go back, right, and where it says, give us this day our daily bread, right? You're going to have to be the one who delivers for us. All of us, we're trying to, right, like we're so worried, like do we have enough money? Do we have enough stuff? Again, we want our kingdom come. And then this is the part that we're really going to focus on today. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Or forgive us our trespasses, as it says in in some passages. And as we also have forgiven our trespassers, right? These debts, right? This idea that we sometimes wrong people. We sometimes do the wrong thing. And a lot of us, for a lot of us, we don't like to deal with that. In fact, we don't like to deal with that so much that we often change that word debt to trespass, right? Like, like you know, Ew, oh, sorry, I, I stepped on this land, you know. Okay, I stopped trespassing, right? But the language here is debt. What is a debt? Something you owe, right? You did something. Maybe you took some money you shouldn't have, and now that money's gone. Well, you owe a debt, right? And I know for a lot of us, man, we do not know how to pay that back. <laughs> and oftentimes, I think what God is, what, what Jesus is saying is you, you, you actually can't pay that back. And other people can't pay it back either. What if someone wrongs you, right? They owe debt to you. That's what it feels like, doesn't it? Right? It really does feel like that. Someone wrongs you. It's so hard to let it go. Because there's something that has been lodged into your heart, into your soul, and you're like, I'm owed. I'm owed justice. I'm owed an apology. Someone needs to make this right. I have a pain. I have a hurt. I have a scar and a trauma. And there's nothing that can be done to to ever repay that, it feels like. But you want it to be repaid, don't you? That's why vengeance is so attractive, right? I mean, there's not many great Hollywood blockbusters about forgiveness, right? Like, John Wick isn't like, you killed my dog, and I forgive you, right? John Wick is, you know, you killed my dog, and then I kill half of Europe, right? (laughs) Because one dog was wronged, right? Like, come on, come on. What, What is it? What is it within us that we love the vengeance? Because we feel like something is owed, right? There's a debt. But we know, right? There's so many debts that cannot be paid. And so what is the only way that it can be dealt with? Well, on a cosmic level, only God can deal with that. God can judge those things. God can write those things. But I'm not God. (laughs) And neither are you. Neither are any of us. We can't right those wrongs. We don't know what justice looks like. Because what we know in this world is that when someone wrongs you and we try to get justice back, what they say is they they call it like the 20% revenge factor, (laughs) is that if someone punches you in the arm and then you you, you say, okay, now you punch that person back equal to the way you punched. What they found is they measured it, is that you punch the person about 20% harder than the way you've been punched. 
This is how wars are started, by the way, right? Someone wrongs a country, and they're like, whoa, whoa, you bombed our place? Well, we're going to bomb 20% more. You know, we think it's equal, but the person is like, whoa, 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 that was like way more than what we did, so now we're going to get you back. And then they do 20% more, and it keeps going until the world burns. We see that. I mean, we see that right now in Israel and Palestine. That war has been going on for thousands of years, thousands of years. I mean, who's going to win that? You think you're going to win that by bombing someone? No, right? But it feels like there's a debt that needs to be paid, so we keep trying to get that pound of flesh any way possible. It's not going to work. So again, friends, this prayer is about learning to let God be God. We're saying, God, you be God, and we're going to give up that control, right? But... Friends, when we talk about this idea that there are things, uh, we call them rocks (laughs) and thorns, right? Well, Jesus does, right, in that metaphor, right? Like, why can't the Holy Spirit come? And why can't that seed, the, the word of God, get planted deep into our hearts and stay there? It's because there are rocks and there are thorns that are either preventing that growth or they're choking it out once it starts to grow. What are those things? Can that be? It's some of these debts, some of these things that we can't let go of, some of this unforgiveness that has been lodged in your hearts, right? And we try, we try, we try to make it right. We try to get justice. We, we, we try to work it out in our own way. We try to forget sometimes, right? You know, people say forgive and forget. Well, I think it's more... You have to forgive what you can't forget, isn't it? Right? That's what's most important. You got to forgive what keeps coming back up again and again and again because that's something that is, mm, it's been lodged into your life, right? And so here is where it gets interesting. And this is what I want to deal with today. Uh, I want us to understand why forgiveness is so important, why it is the cornerstone of the spiritual life. And I think it is the key to a lot of our spiritual growth. I think it's a lot of the reason why so many of us are stunted, why the seed of the word of God isn't growing more, because there is this thing that is lodged in your life and it's choking out the growth, right? And so what I want to deal with right now is is this kind of, uh, um, I I, I have seriously gotten in arguments with pastors about this passage uh, because... (laughs) I just read, like, what's in the, the Lord's Prayer. At the end, Jesus has a little commentary, right? It's very interesting. He doesn't do commentary on any other part of this prayer except for this one part about forgiveness. So it, it lets you know this is important, right? He's not like, hey, let me tell you more about the daily bread, right? People are like, yeah, we know. We know about daily bread. But the forgiveness part, he's like, okay, let me, let me expound a little bit. Let me just, like, like you just read, right? And, and people try to, you know, finagle this and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. It's like past tense. You've already forgiven your debtors, right? So you forgive us our debts as we have been forgiven. It sounds like it's kind of happening at the same time kind of thing. But when you look at verse 14, it says, for if you forgive others their trespasses. Friends, that seems like a condition, right? For if you forgive others their trespasses, 
your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So I've, I've done this before, like at youth retreats or you know, different places, conferences where I've spoken. And I'm like, hey, it sounds like Jesus is saying that there's one condition on forgiveness, right? I mean, we, we always say, right? God's forgiveness uh, is unconditional. God's love is unconditional. Well, it looks like there's a condition, right? And the condition is you need to forgive other people. You need to forgive as you have been forgiven. If you don't, it seems pretty clear that God will not forgive you. That's all I've said, right? It's just me reiterating what Jesus said in the gospel. And I've had pastors come up with me and argue with me about that. They're like, no, no, it's not conditional, right? I'm like, I'm not saying it's conditional. I'm just saying what Jesus said, right? So friends, how do we understand this, right? I mean, it does seem like Jesus's love and his forgiveness is supposed to be unconditional. So what do we do with a passage that says, if, if you do not forgive, I will not forgive you? I mean, am I wrong, right? Is this a different version of the Bible that I'm quoting, right? But it seems like this is what God is saying. This is what Jesus is saying, right? And so friends, I want to explain, right? And if you're curious or if you're confused and you're like, yeah, Pastor Steve, it really does seem like there's a condition here. Let's try to explain. So what I want to do is I want to give you some clues, right? I want to kind of like just look at scripture. We're going to dig a little bit deeper, okay, to try to understand what Jesus is trying to say. So it may seem somewhat unrelated, but stick with me. We're going to talk about judgment for a second. So this is the very next chapter. This is the same sermon, right? Jesus is still talking. It's the same address, right? Same moment. He's giving the Sermon on the Mount, and later, just a few verses later, he says, judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. In other words, what Jesus is saying here is if you judge other people, you are in judgment. If you judge other people, you are going to now exist within a system of judgment, right? This is his way of saying it. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So if you're being really harsh and really nitpicky to other people, then you are existing in this space where you, like, like you can be nitpicked now, right? Like, like, like you're saying that, okay, this is the w- way the world works. I'm going to nitpick every fault within you. How can you not then expect that someone will nitpick you? Does that make sense? Right? How can you say, okay, don't nitpick me, but I'm going to nitpick you. Right? I'm going to be judgy to you, but don't judge me. It makes no sense. Right? If you're going to be judgy, expect to be judged. Right? If you're going to be judgy, you are now living in a judgy world. Does that make sense? You're in the flow of judgment. Right? You judge other people, other people judge you. Does that make sense? Right? So now, think about, if you do not forgive, God will not forgive you. So if you have unforgiveness towards other people, Is it really unreasonable to think that there will be unforgiveness towards you? Now, does that sound like a condition? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Okay. 
next hint. John 15 through 9. So this is the whole thing about abiding in the love of Christ, right? Remaining in the vine, right? And it says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. So as the Father has loved me. So God is loving Jesus, right? And then Jesus is loving us. Guess what he's going to ask you to do? Guess. If God loves Jesus, Jesus loves us, right? Do you see the vine forming? Right? It's a vine, right? So God to Jesus, Jesus to us, and then us, other people, no, I'm not going to love you. You stink. You smell. You're a terrible person. I'm not going to love you. Oh, what happens? What happens if you do that? You break the vine, right? You're not abiding in the Father's love. Because guess what Jesus is trying to do? He's loving all those people too. And so if you break your connection to other people, you're also now, in a way, breaking your connection with God. Does that make sense? Yeah? And so, friends, the way that I like to understand this is that it is about being in a flow. Right? This is why God asks us to love and forgive other people. It's not about like a transaction. It is not about you getting something and we get to just say, God, I want your love and forgiveness. Yay! And it just ends there. It's meant to be an ocean. Right? It's meant to be a river that is flowing. And so you're in the flow of forgiveness. And as you are being forgiven, it is expected. It must happen. If you are forgiven, and if you really understand what that forgiveness is, you must forgive other people. You must forgive other people. Why? Well, let's, let's think about it this way. Who do we have a hard time forgiving? Who's the hardest person for you to forgive? Maybe it's like a parent or something. Maybe it's someone who like really, really wronged you. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you who the hardest person for me to forgive is. You're looking at him. It's me. I have a really really, really hard time forgiving myself. I was sharing this with the praise team. I was like, man, I need today's message more than anyone. Like, literally everything I do in my life makes me feel bad. I always feel like I'm, I'm just coming up short. You know, I'm not doing enough. As pastor, there's just like a million things that I feel like I should be doing. Oh, I should call that person. I should reach out to that person. I should prepare for, more for the sermon. I should read more Bible. I should pray more. I should be kinder. I should be gentler. I should be more gracious. All of this stuff, every single thing, I always feel like I'm falling short all the time, 24-7. It sucks. It just does. And so I have a hard time forgiving myself. Now, when it says, forgive as you have been forgiven, and and if I'm trying to stay in the love of God, right, I mean, it's hard to know that someone loves you if you have unforgiveness, right? Oh, I love you, but I don't forgive you. It, It makes no sense, right? I love you, but I have something really serious against you, right? And so if you guys remember, you know, the greatest commandment, right, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And, and then the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right? So how much sense does it make for me not to forgive myself when I believe that God has forgiven me? How much sense does that make? Right? If I can't forgive myself, how can I accept the forgiveness of Christ? Remember, we already said, right? The measure you use to judge will be used on you, right? You're now existing in the system of judgment. You open that up. And if I live in a world of unforgiveness... I'm also going to feel unforgiven. This, is, is this starting to make sense now? Right? I can't, I can't understand the forgiveness of Christ if I can't forgive other people and if I can't forgive myself. Right? Because really what Jesus did is he came and, and he gave his life. God sacrificed his son And he said, there is no sin. There is no wrong greater than this. It is not about justice anymore. It is about divine love, right? I broke the system. It makes no sense. You can't get justice out of this, right? You can't make it work. You just have to receive it. You just have to accept that I forgave that which could not be forgiven. It's just a gift. I just give it to you. You don't deserve it. You 100% don't deserve it. But I just forgive you. Right? So what sin could there be in our lives that could not be forgiven by God? And if we can't forgive, then we are saying we're better than God. We're higher than God. We get to have more judgment than God. We get to say that my judgment of this thing is greater than the cross. Does that make sense? You guys following me? Right? If you're not, go like this. If you're not following me, go like this. Okay. If you're following me, then you will understand. In order for us to live truly in a stream of forgiveness, I mean, you got to forgive yourself. You got to forgive others. And in a way, I know this is going to sound really weird, you got to forgive God. Well, this is the way that I've heard Richard War. As a Franciscan priest put it, he says the first forgiveness is to forgive reality. To forgive reality for being so screwed up, right? Or being not the way you want it to be. When you look at the world and the traffic isn't flowing the way you want it to go, that, you know, uh, you're not getting the test scores back at the exact speed you want them to come back, right? Your career isn't advancing at the speed you want it to, to advance. You're not getting the girlfriend or the boyfriend or getting married at the speed that you want it to happen, right? Basically, what we need to forgive is that, right? We have to say, I don't get to decide how this world is going to go. I need to trust, I need to trust that there is a God who's in control of this whole universe, who's above it all, and I don't get to say that my judgment is better than his, right? I need to surrender that. I need to let go of that. And that's what forgiveness is, right? And that's why it's so stinking hard, guys, right? Because we're holding on to that. We're like, "Mm, this isn't right. 
I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. It's not the way I want it to be. That's why Jesus always calls it a death. You got to die to yourself in order that you can live. Because what kind of life is this? You're holding on to all your hurts. You're holding on to all your pains. You're holding on to all these rocks and thorns, and they're just chewing you up. And they're preventing the flow of the Holy Spirit, which is what? You guys remember what kind of spirit this is? It's a spirit of love. God wants to love you and forgive you, but you won't let him because you have so much unforgiveness in your heart. You're so hard on yourself. You're beating yourself up. You are acting like you are a greater judge, like you're harsher on yourself than God. It makes no sense. And so we got to give that up. We have to surrender and say, God, it makes no sense. I know I feel like beating myself up. I feel like, like I'm right here, but I just need to surrender that, Lord, and just, just, I, I just receive your forgiveness. I don't deserve it. It breaks all logic. It makes no sense. It breaks all sense of what I think justice is, but, Lord, you just decided to forgive me. You just gave that to me as a gift. And so, God, I'm just going to embrace it with two hands. And so therefore, I need to forgive myself. Therefore, I need to forgive these other people because you saw it fit to forgive me. And if you forgive me, you forgive them. And if you forgive them, I must forgive them too. Right? And so friends, it's, it's a really, really, really simple message. But this is what it says, right? Uh, just to kind of hammer it home, 1 John 1, 5 through 10. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. What is he talking about here? He's talking about the things that we need to forgive that maybe we're not acknowledging. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. This is another game we play. We pretend like we have nothing to forgive, right? We're like, no, I was right. I was right. They were wrong, right? No, that was an issue of justice, right? That's not the issue of forgiveness. And mm, you just have rocks and stones and thorns stuck in you. You're living in the darkness, And Jesus is saying, if you act like you have no sin, you have no place with me because the truth can't come to you, right? I've come to forgive, but I can only forgive when there's sin, right? And you definitely have it. We all do. And we don't like to admit it. It feels bad, right? We like to be right. We don't like to be wrong. But there is wrong in our lives. And if we say that there isn't, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Do you guys remember? How do we remain in Christ? What does it mean for the good soil, for us to go deep, to have the word of God come and remain in us? That's how we get the growth. That's how the spirit just starts to shoot off fireworks within you. That's how you get the living water, right? That's how you get love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control just overflowing in your life. If the word can remain in you, 
But if we say we haven't sinned, the word can't be in us, right? We're calling God a liar, right? We're saying that we're better than God because God is saying, hey, you're a sinner. We're like, no, no, no we're not, <laughs> right? You, that can't be. That can't be, right? So, friends, let's go back to the question. Is God's forgiveness conditional? Yes and no. It's not conditional in the way that we think of it. It's not conditional in the sense that there's something you do that is so bad that God can't forgive it. There's nothing you do that God can't forgive you for, right? There's nothing, nothing, nothing. But it's conditional on this, that you receive it. If you are willing to receive it, really receive it, receive forgiveness as God's forgiveness, then you can have it. That's what it says. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But this is the thing. What you are opening yourself up to with forgiveness is judgment. Friends, I want to be clear about this. I I, I don't want you to misunderstand this, right? It's a quick process. God judges you, and then he says not guilty, okay? But you can't have forgiveness without that. That's what it's talking about here. We want forgiveness without judgment. And that's where we get wrong. We're just like, yeah, God forgives everything, right? And, and the, so there's no sin, right? There's nothing wrong. We never feel any guilt. We never look at anything and say we shouldn't have done that, right? Because we just put this blanket statement, just a huge coat of paint over everything that's obscuring everything and saying there is no sin because God forgives everything. That's not what he's saying. If you do that, you're making God to be a liar. You have to confess that sin. I should not have done that. That was wrong. You get judged for it, and then you get forgiven. Does that make sense? There is no forgiveness unless it is on God's terms, which is God is the judge, right? He stands above you. He's the one who judges you. You don't say, well, I don't think I did wrong. You say, Lord, search me and know me. What did I do? And if God's like, that right there, you see your pride there? You see how you you are so judgy of other people? That right there. And you say, God, I confess that to you. And then he forgives you. Does that make sense? It's different than what this world presents. This world loves Jesus' forgiveness in a theoretical sense. But they don't love Jesus' judgment. And so we get no real forgiveness without judgment. But it's real quick. And, And remember... We don't get to hold that over other people. There is only one judge, and it is God. We don't get to judge other people anymore. God is the only one who can judge us. And when he does, in the next breath, he says, you are forgiven. Amen? Amen. And so, friends, we need that, right? And so, I just want to end with this. So, Very simple message, right? And the message is simply, forgiveness keeps us in the flow of God's love and grace, right? If you want to stay in this river, right, we got to get the rocks out, right? We, we, We have to remove those. And those are the things that need to be forgiven. Forgiven of yourself, forgiven of reality, forgiven of other people. And we need to learn to do it daily, often, quickly, repeatedly. Do it especially when you don't feel like doing it. 
This is the problem we have with forgiveness. It's that, that like, when you really understand forgiveness, you understand that it's not, like, you never feel like doing it. That's the whole point, right? If you felt like doing it, then I doubt you have anything to be forgiven for, right? Like, like or, or you've really, really owned that, that, that you, you did wrong, if it's easy, right? Or if you feel like doing it, I should say, right? You just have to, like, like I mean, you don't want to do it. Every fiber of your being is like, I don't want to forgive this. But Lord, I know you forgave me. I know you forgave me. And I don't deserve it. So Lord, teach me how to forgive this person. It's going to be a process. Sometimes you're going to like, man, I, I think on the way here, I forgave like four or five people on the road. <laughs> We're driving too slow, driving too fast, cutting me off, right? Not using their blinker, right? Like, like it's just silly stuff, right? And are there times where it feels like I don't really mean it? Maybe. Maybe, but I'm learning how to do it. The point is to do it. The point is that the rock, we do not want it to stop up the flow of God's love and grace in your life. That's the whole point. If you don't do it perfectly the first time, do it again. You didn't do it perfectly the second time, do it a third time. You didn't do it perfectly the third time, do it a fourth time. Who cares? As long as the forgiveness happens at some point. And so friends, don't get hung up on doing it perfectly. Just do it and keep doing it. Keep doing it till it sticks. There are some people in my life that I've forgiven probably about 100 times. I shared this story about one of my youth group leaders who really wronged me, uh, really wronged my family, really wronged my church. And I call him my greatest influence um, because I have said I'm going to be a pastor the complete opposite of the way he pastored me and the way he pastored my church, and the way he was so judgmental, and he was so, like, he did all this stuff that, that really hurt me. And there are so many times where I would stand before God. I'd be at a youth retreat. I'm supposed to be the youth pastor. I'm supposed to be, you know, ministering to everyone. And then I ask that question, that inevitable question, God, what is there within me that needs to be forgiven? And then his face will pop into my head. <laughs> Steve, you still got that stuck within you. Can you forgive him? I'm like, yeah, sure, Lord, sure, Lord. And then his name comes up, my blood pressure rises. <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't completely removed. So I got to do it again and again and again. And I'm at a point now where I, I can't wait till I meet him in heaven or I meet him again. And I can just give him a big hug. Even though he wronged me, even though he wronged my family, I've done so much wrong in my life and God has forgiven me. How can I not do the same? What is it within you? Friends, you are a different person with a different story. Something else is stuck in your life. Maybe it's unforgiveness towards yourself. Maybe it's unforgiveness towards your situation in your life. Maybe it's unforgiveness towards someone in your family, someone in your class, someone in this room, someone who's not in this room, right? And friends, Jesus wants to get us unstuck. Yeah, I mean, he's not saying, I'm not going to forgive you, uh, or you're not going to be able to live in forgiveness because you did so much wrong. It's not about that. He's saying this unforgiveness is stopping up the flow of my forgiveness in your life. Does that make sense? So praise team, could you come up, and let's just take a moment, friends, to just search our hearts 
And maybe if you don't know, if you already know, lay that down before God. Um, and for me, there are times where there's something I know is difficult for me to forgive, difficult for me to lay down, and I think of it like a stone, right? Like a rock that is stopping up that flow of grace. And friends, if you want to do this, I mean, it's up to you. I've done this before in prayer. Maybe people looking at me had no idea what I'm doing. I take a rock and I just let it go, right? And they're like, what are you doing? And I, I mean, I don't know. Probably no one's looking at me, but that's what I think, right? I'm very, a very self-conscious person. But who cares? Right? If that helps you to let go, I mean, literally, imagine that this rock is your unforgiveness. That in your hand right now, I mean, I know I'm holding air, <laughs> but just imagine this is something like you've wronged someone, you've wronged God, someone has wronged you, you're bitter because some scenario in your life didn't work out the way you wanted it to, and you're holding on to it, whatever it is, friends, can you just let go? Let go right now. Let it go at the feet of Jesus. Jesus, I give it to you. I don't get to hold on to this anymore because I'm not the judge of the whole universe. You are the judge of the whole universe. You know all the wrong that I've done, and you still said, I forgive you. I send Jesus to die on the cross for you, to cancel out your sin. There is no sin that I can't cancel. And so can we learn to live in that flow of unforgiveness and say, Lord, I do not get to hold on to this anymore. I want to let go. I want to forgive. I want to live in forgiveness and freedom. Can we do that, friends? Maybe there's some people you're still struggling. Can you just do it in faith? You're like, whoa, Pastor Steve, I don't know if it's genuine. Can you just do it in faith? Even if you don't feel like it, even if the words, like they feel unnatural in your mouth, but you're like, God, I, I, I forgive this. God, I let it go. Lord, I lay it at your feet. Just say it. Just say it until you pray it. <laughs> say it until it becomes real in your life. You might need to come back next week and do it again. That's okay. It's like getting a treatment for something, right? First one, yeah, you get the first shot, the first vaccination, you got to come back for the second or third. It's okay. But we're in the process of doing that. But in faith, can we stop making excuses and say, God, I forgive. Maybe there's something. It's decades. It's 10 years. It's five years. It's become calcified. It, It has really become like stone in your life. In faith, friends, can you say, Lord, I forgive this right now. I don't need that apology. I don't need something to happen. I don't need to see justice. I can just forgive first and trust in your justice, Lord. I don't get to be the judge of this situation. But in faith, Lord, right now, I'm going to say, Lord, I forgive. I let go. Freedom. Freedom in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, freedom. Lord, may you bring freedom to all those who are captive to their unforgiveness. All those who are captive to their bitterness to their judgment, to to this hardened rock within their soul. Lord, we let it go in Jesus' name. We were wronged, and so was Jesus. He was beaten, and he was naked, and he was scorned upon that cross. He was pierced for our transgressions. And yet he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. We didn't know what we did, and he still forgave us. Can you forgive? They know not what they do. Forgive. 
Let go in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, help us, Lord, to forgive when we cannot. Jesus, we let go. We let go into your arms. God, we thank you, Lord, for your amazing work in Jesus, that it continues, Lord, to work in our lives. We cannot do it, Lord. We're just not that strong. So teach us more and more to live in your forgiveness, to let go that these stones and thorns will not plague us anymore. In Jesus' name, thank you for the freedom that we have and the forgiveness that we have in Christ, that we can live in that forgiveness and we can extend that forgiveness in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.